Welcome to Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. Here's the guy who asks all the right questions. Your host, Ralph DeLugas. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another exciting show. I am coming to you live from the Salt Lake Sanhedrin Valley in Utah. I am Ralph DeLugas, your humble truth-seeking host, and you're on the Loving Liberty Network. We have another uh, fact-packed show for you today. Um, I'm going to try to not talk too much about this whole scamdemic, plandemic, whatever we've grown to call it now, this farce of a global shutdown that they are doing for whatever their plethora of diabolical reasons are. But I think it really spotlights how important it is that we take our science back along with our liberties and everything else. Um, Science, in my humble opinion, in its true form has been utterly and completely dead for 110 years. And some people really balk when I say that, like, well, look at cell phones, look at all these advancements, look at all this technology. Yeah, they haven't put out any new scientific natural law, what I would call a natural scientific law for 110 years that we keep getting more and more creepy computer things. All of science is carefully controlled by whatever you want to call them. I like, I prefer just the kingdom of Satan, but the elites, the cabal, the shadow state, whatever, they carefully control and approve every written paper from universities, every grant, every discovery to ensure that their power and money are never threatened um, and to keep us, frankly, a bit enslaved and in the dark. Um, so these whole viral things, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that because I'm really kind of interested. I, I'm not a biological kind of guy. I'm not a medical pathology guy. I'm a, I'm a physics nerd and I've been an energy and physics nerd all of my life from when I was like five years old, I was fascinated with Tesla and Einstein and dinosaurs, but that's another story. Um, but it's kind of interesting. I think all of this can be wrapped into one great whole. I think, I think the biological world and the energetic world are the same world. Um, and I think we can pull a lot from one to the other. It's really interesting to note that a virus isn't actually a living thing. Um, and I've, I've not researched this deeply. I, I wish I had more time to research all the things I'd like to research. But they've certainly been a much bigger deal in the last 100 years, starting with, I believe, what they call the Spanish flu. I would more accurately, in my opinion, call it the Rockefeller Institute flu um, in the early, what is it, 1915 to 1920, when millions and millions of people died worldwide from this um Spanish flu uh, through uh, Epstein-Barr, Lyme, SARS, all of these seem to be, I don't know, there is just so much convincing proof that these are biological weapons. These are cooked up by man, and man can't make living things, even though he pretends he can. So I almost wonder if all viruses aren't just kingdom of Satan. To me, it's really interesting, too. What kills viruses? Absolutely guaranteed every time. Put one of God's kids in the sunshine, put them in the light, and they're destroyed. Get us out active in the sun, running around. Viruses have no hold on us. Um, so it's kind of weird that light, sunlight, destroys them. Um, I think that might be a might be a little clue as to their origin. But um, I want to talk briefly about a few science articles that caught my eye. Um, one of them, I guess as long as we're talking about the, 
this virus thing. The Microsoft patent, um, you guys have all heard it, I'm sure, other places, 2020-60, the 2020-666 patent that Microsoft uh, received March, was it 26th? I haven't had time. I like to consider myself kind of a, a patent detective because I've, though I'm not a medical guy, I've studied a lot of Tesla's patents. Um, I think the patent office, I know the patent office is controlled by the same entities that control all science. So I'm always really suspicious, but I, I think we can get clues out of it. For instance, in Tesla's turbine patent, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, Tesla's um, Tesla's engine, the probably the greatest invention he ever, according to him, the man himself, it is his greatest invention, yet we don't know anything about it. And if we do, we just see it as some cute little science toy online. But in his patent, in his drawings, he actually has hatchings, which is where you cut a drawing in half um, to fit onto a page. If this half like take a long shaft, like a sump pump shaft. If this half of the if one if the right hand side of the shaft is exactly the same as the left hand side of the shaft and everything in between is just a long four inch diameter, they'll cut it in half with jagged lines and then you assume that everything in between is uniform. Um, and they've used that on some of his drawings in places that it would be a, uh, an engineering doctrinal sin to do and Tesla was very, very thorough. So for him to make a mistake like that seems really weird. So I like to study patents, and I have not had a chance to study this 666 patent of Microsoft's. But the first thing that comes to my mind is what's the energy source for a chip to send out uh, signals, for a chip to monitor, for this chip to do the things that they're saying it can do, it has to it has to propagate some sort of a signal. It has to have an etheric energetic propagation somehow. It can't just do that. The laws of physics don't change for the cabal, even though they say they do. Um, so what is the power source? In my humble opinion, and I, I'll look into it more and report back, but I think it has to be one of maybe two or three sources. My, my first guess would be the human body itself. Um, we are electromagnetic beings, and we generate electricity quite a bit, as Morpheus so aptly put uh, so long ago. But that's actually true. Um, we are absolutely an energetic being, so it could be actually leaching off of our nervous system and powering itself that way. Is it getting it through 5G? Possible. Um, high energy millimeter waves could be used to for this thing to, uh, it wouldn't need a lot of power, but it's gonna get its power from somewhere. I can't imagine any power source. I, I would think that they expect this thing to last for 10 years or a few years or something. And so for it to be a little chip, I don't know, that, that would be, if anybody knows that, maybe, uh, well, I guess you can't call in, we're not live, but um, we'll look into that a little more and report back. But I am really suspicious. To me personally, honestly, in my humble opinion, not with a gun to my head would I take this chip, this implant. Not the nano vaccine, not any of it. It makes my skin crawl, to be real honest. But anyway, um, I have another article here on a, on, a, on a lighter topic. It's something I've heard many times. This particular, this is a peer-reviewed paper in physics.org, I believe. Um, petroleum, coal, and other organics in space. Um, this is nothing new. This has been known for quite some time. Um, I heard, uh, oh darn it, I, I sat through a really long lecture once. I, uh, 
Oh, I'm not going to think of the guy's name. A, a really smart guy from back east, a PhD, who's no longer with us. I listened to a long lecture on this once, and his theory was that all of our oil came from space. And I don't believe that. In my opinion, oil is a microbial process. The Earth makes it nonstop. I cringe when I hear the word fossil fuel. I think that's a – I hate to keep pointing to the Rockefeller Institute, but a long time ago, Rockefeller in the 1910s, he, he needed to make a little money. Needed to make a little more money, I guess. And his big thing wasn't getting it out of the ground. It was transporting it. But uh, oil was easy to get out of the ground, and there wasn't a lot of money. And so he he cooked up the plan, or the Rockefeller Institute, whoever cooked up this plan, to make oil seem uh, scarce. Uh, their theory was if we make it look like or seem like or we, we just make people believe that the next barrel coming out of the ground will be the last and it's going to cost – $10,000 and then it's going to be all gone. Well, all of a sudden, we're going to be able to get the price high. And so from this, they, they conjugated. You think about how ridiculous it is that organic matter, which we see decompose all the time around us. Where is the organic matter that's in process? Where is the half oil or even you know, let's just stick with, with coal or uh, with oil and not talk about coal today. Where is the petroleum that's almost there that, you know, the decayed dinosaur that isn't quite ready being baked by the earth yet or seaweed or whatever they try to claim? It's just ridiculous, right? Organic things turn back into the minerals that go back into the earth. And just like in Lion King, this is the cycle of life, which is exactly what happened to millions of year old if, 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 if dinosaurs are 60 million years old, which is another story. But so petroleum, I think the celestial bodies that we see out in space, celestial, celestial, whatever bodies, the other planets, through the same microbial process, um, which is there's a lot of good, interesting stuff out there. Microbes actually probably make our gold and silver, too, and, and a lot of the other things we get out of the ground. But interesting art, article. I don't want to spend too much time on it. We are going to run out of time, but I want to talk about this next article. Magnetic pulses alter salmon's orientation, suggest that they navigate via magnetite in their tissue. This is absolutely true. All animals, if you think about it, how do the animals know to, uh, to go back to the same place in May? How do they go from pole to pole? There are some birds that make 50,000-mile round trips, and they get exactly to the same spot again. Um, we are all electrical beings, from the fishes to the bacteria. Um, viruses, in my opinion, are from the kingdom of Satan, and they're not living. But, um, yeah, we're all, we're, we're all electromagnetic beings, which is important to know. Anyway, we're running up against the break. We will finish these articles after a short break, and we'll talk to you then. everybody we are back um, continuing with our science articles because I want to talk a little bit about uh, Nikola Tesla and another man named Joseph Newman I brought some textbooks in today don't worry I won't get too deep but I think just to try and break things up a little bit I want to talk about some cool science today um, there's another article here a lightning strike similar to a blast from dynamite 
uh, Sprays Rocks in Deerfield Home. I believe this was in Missouri. This is the third one this year. This is lightning striking the ground so hard it leaves a crater and it blasts. It doesn't just electrocute something and leave some black chard. It actually, there's a picture I wish I could put online for y'all. Um, this house, all the windows are shattered out. It's covered with mud and muck. Um, blasted this big, huge crater in the ground. This is becoming more common. This is not surprising in any way. This is something we should expect. Keep an eye on this sort of thing because this will give you a good uh, a good thing to, to look at along with the size of hail and the frequency of hail and what they're now calling cryometeors. We talked briefly about that. It's happening enough now that they've come up with a name for it. And I believe the world record for a cryometeor is 110 pounds. This is a, a, a hailstone, 110 pounds. Imagine how bad your day's going to get when that comes and hits the top of your car, right, or, or the roof of your home. I, I hope you're sitting in some sort of a steel bunker if that ever happens. Um, so all of a sudden, this uh, revelation prophecy of uh, talent-sized hailstones doesn't seem quite so ridiculous anymore, does it? Um, anyway, keep an eye on these things as uh, the real threat. Not is not global warming hoax, but uh, magnetic pole reversal and coming solar micronova and what's going on in our in our Earth with our poles with the uh, cosmic ray maximum and all all these sorts of things. Um, couple more articles. We'll skip the dark matter. I hate talking about dark matter. There's they they've come up with a whole new way. Those of you that have a uh, that are science geeks like me. Um, this dark matter nonsense. The only dark matter that really exists, in my opinion, is in the hearts of our leaders of this world and in maybe some of the people. This dark matter rubbish is just absolute garbage. They know what powers our world. They're, they use it. They utilize it in all of their creepy there, – there's a Navy patent, uh, engine patent, um, plasma thruster patent – Patented by our Navy, which I'm not real sure how a Navy gets to patent anything anyway, but they know that this this is all nonsense, but they still keep propagating it. The black holes, the gravity universe, in my opinion, to hide the fact at the core of all this, which is that there's a God. There's a God that created all this. The power comes from one central location, and science proves God, and God is the ultimate scientist, but... None of that can be let out by the kingdom of uh, darkness or whoever whoever runs this the science in our world. But it's kind of interesting. But, yeah, they've come up with a whole new way. Uh, dark energy might be hiding in plain sight. So that now they want to revisit all the same. They, they steal billions of dollars for you to, to hunt for what they know doesn't exist, in, in my opinion. I don't know. I guess I can't say that they know it doesn't exist. I'm sure some people believe this. But anyway, let's get – off of let's see if we covered everything that we wanted to no, I, I did flag this one the community anger shuts down connecticut city plans to use drones for coronavirus monitoring this is one that really gets me i do not i can i cannot even imagine our founding fathers even dreamt that the government that they would come that the government would oversee all of science, that they would be the final word on what's true and what's false on all science. The National Science Foundation, we've got NIST and all these organizations that they are the end all be all. They determine what is true and false. And 
that we have 5G everywhere. And this 5G rolling out, and all of a sudden they've got all these neat ways to monitor us through the 5G. In my opinion, this chip that they're putting out probably is powered through 5G. It definitely communicates through 5G because it can't put out a strong signal. It's disgusting. And if we don't understand the science behind it, we're going to be left believing ridiculous, nonsensical things like these microwave ovens that the TSA is using all day, every day, in every airport, everywhere, we're going to believe that those energy waves are completely safe to the human body. That sounds like absolute rubbish. That's just not true. And there is nothing out there. Anyway, I, I've talked about that before. This stuff gets me a little bit angry. But I want to talk briefly about Nikola Tesla's turban. Um, I brought in just I want to, I want to read just a couple of quotes and um, I know people out there that are working on, on these sorts of things, and I think this is one of our great hopes for the future. Most of these things aren't as hard as we might think they are to, to create. Anyway, just a quick little quote. I guess a little background on Tesla's turbine. It's, it's a very simple rotary device, if you will. Um, it really only has one moving part. It is a, a series of disks that are spaced um, a, a small distance apart. Uh, say a 32nd of an inch or maybe one millimeter. Those of you that know millimeters better. The discs, let's say one millimeter in thickness, a millimeter apart, maybe 10 or 15 discs inside of a housing that's spinning. When you push steam in through the hole on the outside of the housing um, adjacent to the disc, due to the, um, it's called adhesion and viscosity. Water has incredible surface tension. It drags the discs along with it. And it has much more efficiency and power than a turbine that actually works in the way that we're used to thinking of turbines, where it's actually hitting a bucket or a fin or a fan, right? Um, so these discs have uh, nowhere because the water is just running alongside of it or the steam or air, really any medium. And um, the efficiency can get close to 100%, unlike most of the turbines today, which cost a zillion dollars. They're made by government electric or general electric, as some people call it. Um, they're millions of dollars a piece, and they don't last very long, and they're terribly inefficient. Um, quick quote from Tesla, and, and, and the conviction on a Tesla turbine is, yeah, it works and it's cool, but it, it doesn't really generate any torque. Um, we're going to talk about that. If it can't generate any torque, then it's useless as a machine, right? Tesla's words, quote, and again, in the propelled machine, a great amount of torque is always desirable. This calling for an increased number of discs and smaller distance while propelling the machine. For numerous economic reasons, the rotary effect should be the smallest and the speed the greatest. Um, the greatest value of this invention will be found in its use for conversion of energy. Let me give you some numbers. I can build a steam engine that will develop one horsepower for every one-tenth of a pound of weight. Think about that. One horsepower for every tenth of a pound or a 10-pound machine that delivers 100 horsepower. Um, that may sound incredible, but I actually have one sitting behind me on my shelf. And it, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting closer. Um, this is absolutely possible. Just by way of comparison, the, the engine in your car weighing what? 400 pounds puts out maybe what 120 150 horsepower roughly depending on the vehicle so that is uh one horsepower for every four pounds this is one horsepower or excuse me 10 horsepower for every one pound 
I am now building a double turbine with two wheels, which will revolve in opposite directions. Uh, I cannot talk about it now, but it will develop 200 horsepower per turbine. That's 400 horsepower, and it weighs 88 pounds. Can you imagine how this would change our world? Now, you can either believe the powers that be, the National Science Federation Foundation, whatever, and, and Google, what they have to say about the Tesla turbine, or you can believe Tesla. And, well, me, because I believe Tesla. And um, it's a very simple machine. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about another inventor named uh, Joseph Newman. He, uh, a brief background on him, and these are, uh, he would be, I guess, what some people call a free energy experimenter or something like that. I don't like that term because it's goofy and it, it, it makes it makes us sound like, like kind of foolish, I believe, you know, like fringe or whatever, because it isn't free. Making things cost money, of course, but higher efficiency, absolutely possible. We are chained to the energy that comes out of that outlet in the wall. And um, I think uh, eventually where someone's going to have to break those chains and and we will talk to you soon. everybody we are back we're talking a little bit about um what some people would call over unity or free energy we're going to talk briefly about the newman energy device um simply put and this is kind of an oversimplification i've read his book it's pretty thick um i don't agree with a lot of his conclusions about electromagnetic you guys might know i'm kind of an ether fan or Honestly, I would call it the divine matrix, the, the, the power of, of God, basically, that, that's everywhere, that through all creation, all living things receive their energy through this same medium. Um, we're able to tap it in a very archaic way here with a spinning magnet through the process we call induction. But I think he's knocking at the same door, but he's, he's created a whole science around this, but you, you can't argue with his results. So anyway, we take a thin wire, wrap it in a coil, 1,000 feet of wire. You have 1,000-plus ohms of resistance. Resistance is how hard it is to push electricity through this wire because it's small, it's hard. This is what the mainstream teaches. I don't totally agree with this metaphor, but it, it works for this. It's how hard it is to push through such a small wire. Now picture a five gauge copper wire. This is about roughly the size of a small diameter pinky, um, a thousand feet also. Now, because the copper wire is so much bigger, it has much, much, much lower resistance, 0.3133 ohms. So now take 15 amps of current, pump it through the small diameter wire, and you will get a magnetic field. Anytime energy flows, we get a magnetic field. This is a natural law of science that is never violated, cannot be violated. Um, however, when we take that same 15 amps and we pump it through the coil that's a big diameter, we get um, the, the small diameter one, we, we get uh, an energy field that's about 8.32 Gauss. Um, when we do the large diameter wire, we get, um, oh, where is it? 335,000 
469.6 Gauss, or about 8 million times more energy than in the 40-gauge wire. This is a very, very, very simple concept. This man tried to patent it. The patent office told him no. He got an attorney, got a little financial backing, attorneyed up, went up against the U.S. patent office to try and force him. It's none of their bloody business if it works or not or how well it works. None of their business at all. They're just supposed to protect the idea. You'd be amazed at the sort of nonsense that gets patented every day in the patent office. So anyway, they just they said this, it's impossible, it can't work, and we're not giving you a patent. So he went to a court, cost him 30 grand to, to fight this thing. They assigned a patent officer who was probably their top electrical expert in uh, electrical propagation and in energy and electricity. This man spent six weeks with jo Joseph Newman in his lab, uh, observing the results, carefully monitoring it every way but sideways, including sideways. And he came back and testified to the court that his claims are true. This is an amazing device. While this man didn't agree with his conclusions on the actual science side of it, you can't argue with the results. And he is running, he's creating huge amounts of voltage with a teeny little battery because a small current going through a big coil creates a big magnetic field, which he utilizes to create electricity. So the judge called the recess, came back 20 minutes later, and still denied his patent. Joseph Newman ended up fighting for 20, 30 years, never to get a patent. He died bitter and broke. And if you look at his YouTube videos today, he's he can't say a, a sentence without dropping an f bomb. He he died pretty bitter. I've I've noticed that about all the all the real geniuses like Tesla and Heavy Side and this guy. Whenever you see a picture of them, they look like they're just kind of hissing at the camera. It's because they die bitter and broke because they go up against the kingdom. Um, anyway, we'll call that it for uh, Mr. Joseph Newman. I want to talk about another piece of uh, a different science. This is more along the lines of archaeology. Many of you may have heard of a book called the Book of Mormon. Um, I am a member of the church that, uh, that considers that scripture. This is a book that was translated from plates that came out of the ground. And I've, I've compiled a little list because it, it's kind of been interesting to me to hear some of the academics that point to this book for other reasons other than considering it in any way a religious book. Um, I first noticed this on, uh, I was bored one night, I think I was listening to Cosmic Disclosure, um, which is kind of, uh, if you've ever seen it, it's that guy that's on the alien, alien civilizations, the History Channel, the blonde guy whose name I can't think of right now, but he's, he's on that and they talk about, you know, these aliens that they think made these ancient civilizations and all this stuff. Well, on this show, they ha he had a guest um, on who was from uh, University of Michigan. Gosh dang it. I think it was the University of Michigan. And he was talking about the ancient civilizations that were on the American continent. And he actually quoted from the Book of Mormon in several places as for like the mound builders, some of the massive battles that were fought here on this, on this land. He goes, a good place that you can read about these is in this Book of Mormon. He talks about the Jaredites. He talks about the giants. And actually referred to the Pearl of Great Price. So it's it's kind of interesting. When I watched this this gentleman, it was about an hour long, and I can't cover the whole thing in this short segment. But he he talked about a lot of points and referred to the Book of Mormon, and there was no question that he he considered it true. And then when asked later, uh, is well, what do you think? Is this a you know, did God give Joseph Smith this book? He kind of wouldn't say, but you could tell he was definitely pointing more to aliens which I th thought was kind of a new twist. Um, 
I think it's just as likely that aliens helped Joseph Smith write that book as the people that claim the devil helped him write it. But whether it was the devil or aliens, you can't deny the book's true. The things that are in that book are real. The chiasms, the the structures, it's an amazing, amazing book. Um, and gosh, there was, there was a whole bunch here. Some of the, uh, the giants especially, um, there's been so much cover up on these giants and, and they're, they're talked about in the Bible too, where, um, I'm, I'm convinced that we know when Joshua and Caleb, Brian, was that, am I right? Joshua and Caleb, and then a bunch of other people went to the, uh, Canaanite city there to, to see if they could take them on. And they're like, Oh, these guys are huge. We're like grasshoppers compared to them. There's no way. And they, their, their disbelief and their unbelief earned them, uh, 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Um, there, there were giants, right? And, um, there were giants on this continent and there were giants everywhere. I, I, I wish they would not cover it up. I've, I've talked to, uh, Jonathan Gray and some other people. He has a niece that worked for the, uh, forest service who worked on an archaeological dig. And as soon as they found these giant skeletal remains, the CIA of all organizations who they honestly are the keeper of the gate, all science goes through the Central Intelligence Agency. Um, they came in with metal detectors and agents and locked this all down because they're seeking technology. I, I'm, I'm convinced a lot of the technology that they say came from aliens or that they came up with on their own really is just reverse engineered technology that they've found from civilizations of the past. There's no question they had that there's, there's so many, uh, uh, hieroglyphics or whatever cave, um, engravings and such with flying machines, the Vimana in the ancient Sanskrit. These, these are, these writings are 5,000 years old. They had flying machines that worked on electromagnetic principles on electromagnetic gravitics, the same as their creepy DARPA machines that they admit they have now. Um, I am positive, in my opinion, they got this technology from these ancient civilizations, many of which were some pretty big dudes. Um, so anyway, just a little plug there for one of my favorite books, the Book of Mormon. It is definitely one of the more accurate history books, just like our Bible, but more so accurate because the Bible, as we know, it's been in a lot of hands over a lot of time. Um, so we're, it's not quite as un untouched by retranslation and such things as the Book of Mormon. Um, so we are running up against a break here, but um, when we come back, I want to talk about the year 2020 and uh, something I've, I've begun to call it the year of seeing. There is just so many transitions, so much going on, and I think God has a good sense of humor, and I think he's picked the 2020 year to make this to be like a last-ditch effort to get his kids to pay attention and see before the great shindig that we can all see coming. So um, we're going to talk about that and what our man Isaiah had to do, uh, had to say about that, Ezekiel, Joel, and Daniel, and some others. And how much time we got left, Brian? Are we up against the break? Oh, we got one minute. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this just briefly. Um, what can we do in the year 2020 to, uh, to not be overcome by things like fear and anger? I've made a short list, but if you're like me, um, I get really easily angered by these hubris tyrants and these elites walking all over our Constitution. Um, and I've noticed something. 
um, even no matter how justified I am in being angry, it sucks my focus. It sucks my energy. It sucks what I call my spiritual horsepower. However you want to look at it, your your um, your chakras being tied into the quantum energy field around you, which I do think is a thing. I like to say it in a more more hick hillbilly way but anyway we're going to talk about this in a little more detail in our last break coming in our last segment coming right up we'll see you then Everybody, we are back. Um, this is the final segment, isn't it, Brian? Okay, I just want to make sure. Um, but before I talk about the uh, what I have come to call the uh, 2020, the year to see or not to see, um, I want to ask you a question. Uh, many of you probably believe, like I do, that before we came here to this earth and, and this eternal round began, uh, there was a war in heaven, right? We, we read that in many, many, many places. And I don't think that's argued by anyone that isn't an atheist, I would imagine. But um, I've often wondered, and perhaps you have as well, was this a real war in heaven? And the wars coming up when Michael musters the forces, is that going to be a real war? Um, I think yes. To me, it doesn't... It doesn't make any sense at all. I think God is training his sons to be warriors and daughters equally, because let's be honest, they have far more spiritual horsepower than we have. Um, I think it's really interesting to look at this as war. Um, And I mentioned anger before the break. I've noticed kind of a, a, a great flaw in me. We've talked before about how fear can actually make you sick. Um, you can actually die from fear. You can weaken yourself to make yourself. I don't. I, I bet every one of you know someone. I know many people in my family, at least three, that were horrified of getting cancer, and they got cancer. It seems like the thing that we fear, we we almost help bring to fruition. Fear is a thief of your focus and your faith and your energy. But I think anger and contempt is every bit as bad. As that, and I, I'm not saying just lay down and take your lashes from the kingdom. Um, I'm with you. I want to turn to the to the gates of uh, Baal and Molech and in the Swiss dark towers there, and I want to shake the powers of hell into the dustbins of history, just as bad as anyone. I, I, I promise I do. But I think there's a fine line that we need to walk and not become angry. Um, I think one of the best ways that we can. Um, let me talk about 2020 first as being a year. I, I, I think, I, I don't know, I just had this feeling uh, last year, I remember t- telling my wife this, that for some reason I think just 2020 is going to be a really transitional year. And she, of course, dismissed me like she always does because can you imagine being my wife, right? The, the nonsense she has to hear about conspiracies and science and what's really going on here and there. She, 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 she hears a lot. Um, so she kind of dismissed it, but even she was asking me some questions the other day, like, wow, things have really, she likes to, uh, get in the stock market a little bit. She has her little penny trading that she does and she's done pretty good for herself. And, but you know, that's, you know, watching the stock market for her and watching this, this pandemic, which even she admits now, this is definitely a pandemic scam. I, I call this the pandemic scam of 2020. 
I don't can't say for sure what they're doing. I think they're definitely trying to hurt us. What, once they can keep us mad at each other, I don't do a lot of shopping. My wife does the shopping for me, but I had to go to a Hobby Lobby the other day. And of course, I didn't go with a mask on because I haven't put a mask on. I, I haven't honestly missed one minute of work. I haven't quarantined myself one second. My shop's been open every second because for some reason, and this to me is kind of ridiculous too, why are a bunch of guys in a stupid machine shop in West Jordan, why are we considered essential workers when the single mom that's waiting tables or cutting hair or doing nails or whatever they're doing, right, cleaning offices, whatever, a, a garbage collector, everybody's work is essential. It's essential to put food on their table. It makes me so mad that they're doing any of this. They have no authority to do this, and it absolutely just makes me crazy. But then I've noticed as I'm getting mad, um, my energy levels go down. And my clarity goes down. I think many of us are, I really believe that this is the year to see or not see. Um, and we have got to become more than we have been. Um, there, there was this war in heaven. And if you're here listening to this podcast, you chose well. You chose liberty. You chose free agency. You chose uh, the Father's plan and the plan of Jesus Christ. And now you're here on this earth. And I don't think we, we were here just to get baptized or, or just, just accept Jesus Christ and then we're on the right side and we just got to wait this out till this whole thing shakes out and then we're all good. I think we're here to become. And part of this uh, becoming is to uh, learn, I think, to overcome the natural man and seek a new heart. And I know that might sound a little bit maybe furfy to some. But I know when I'm filled with contempt, one of the things I like to do is um, study things like Tesla's patent and, and try to come up with a way to, to recreate his machine. I'm, my, my thing is I, I'm in manufacturing. I have a CNC machine shop, and so I can make various things. And so I like to study. And I feel so much more plugged in, almost smarter, if you will. Not that I'm very smart in the first place, but... Um, I think we are much more enlightened and empowered if we're not being sucked down by the dark side. And let, let's be honest, Satan doesn't really care how he sucks you down. He'll, he'll get you mad at his at his friends, you know, your, your local governor that's tyrannical or your your neighbor who's ratting someone out. I know when I went to Hobby Lobby with without my mask on, man, the looks I got. And I really didn't realize because I don't shop much. And all these good ladies there in Hobby Lobby, they had made their own masks. You know, they all had these flowery masks on. And I must have had, I must have had six or seven of these lovely ladies offer me a mask for free. And I'm like, oh gosh, no thanks. I really don't think I could bring you that. I, I, I just don't want, want, want the mask. And man, they were mad. You could tell they were, they were genuinely nobody. Nobody would help me. I would walk up to someone and ask where this or that was, and they would back up. And it, it's kind of interesting to me. Um, I think this is the year. The, the thing that I do take a lot of heart in is I think people are starting to see it. Um, I don't know that we'll ever have a majority of people, but um, I think people are definitely starting to see, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. And hopefully these people will continue to, to start to see and to start kind of try to de determine what's happening. Um, it, it, um, it gives me a lot of hope to know that any honest son or daughter of God can learn truth in science as well as anywhere else. Um, I think we're inherently a lot smarter than we give ourselves credit for. When we hear things like 
you know, Bill Gates, quantum tattoos with his vaccine. I think we're all smart enough to do our own research. Don't just go to the CDC's website. All of these entities all work for the same main source, um, what I call the Swiss Towers of Baal and Molech. These are um, these are the powers that run our world, and all of the governments report to them, and they report to you know who. Um, so when the CDC says this is safe or this is well to do for your kids or your family, I'm not saying that they're wrong. There there may well be lots of good things that are, you know, lots of good things in in medicine, and I, I know there are, but um, we need to look at these with our hearts and our minds, and analyze them and decide for ourselves. Um, I don't think being these lukewarm people will will cut it. I think 2020 is kind of our last year to to prepare. There is no question. I'll, I'll be really, really honest. This uh, micro shit or the micronovas coming from our sun. We're watching stars ahead of us. Proxima Centauri, Alpha, or Alpha Centauri, Proxima. Anyway, uh, Betelgeuse. These stars are micronova in front of micronovaing in front of us. We can see the energy wave coming. We can see the effects already. We um, are seeing the effects in the ground under our feet, in the stars above our head, in our magnetic shield. We can see these coming everywhere. Um, so even if I had no faith in God whatsoever, just watching the pole shift and the calamities that will come, these geomagnetic jerks, the earth shaking, the hill, uh, the calamities, the lightning, the massive tempests that will be resulting, these are real things. And I, I, I get no great joy in being the bringer of bad news. Um, if there was any evidence to lead me to believe that these things weren't a surety, I would love to report that to you guys. I would be thrilled. Trust me. I would love to be wrong about this. But um, unfortunately, I'm not. These things are coming. So there are ways that we can prepare for this. And they're pretty simple. Um, they're hidden in plain sight. They are empowering ourselves. Don't get mad at your neighbor. Don't get pissed at someone and act out of anger. Whatever you're doing act out of love. Um, look at people like General Washington and Captain Moroni, Joan of Arc. These people didn't act out of hate and malice. They acted out of love. They stood boldly for liberty. Um, I don't think anybody can call George Washington a coward, right? These men were great men uh, who stood and faced their towers of Baal and Molech and shook them powers of hell right into the dustbin of history. We need to do likewise, and we need to do it with love in our heart, not anger and not fear. And to me, this is the key coming up. I've talked myself uh, into being got 30 seconds left. Well, guys, I definitely can't start the next article then. Well, be ready to make that choice, guys. Maybe, maybe consider this. Uh, Consider what I've said about this maybe being the year to see or not to see. Choose a side, sink those tap roots in, and don't be moved from that side. Stand for the right, and you will always be well. Um, I want you guys to have a good weekend. Enjoy the warm weather out there. Get out in the sun. Uh, get out in the sun, S-U-N, and, and uh, make sure you get out and be with the sun, capital S-O-N, in prayer and meditation. And I promise it will be well for you and for your family. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. <music>